Are you ready to eliminate your credit card processing fees? Visit www.pairpayments.com and use code Jake for $250 Visa gift card when you join today. Hey, welcome everybody back to the podcast, Under Pressure Podcast, where we are discussing all things business and under pressure. I'm your host, John McDaniel. So glad to have you back. Uh, today with us, we have a special guest. He's been on the show before, before I took it over, uh, Dirk Van Reenen. He is the founder and CEO of Birdflow, a company that specializes in helping small and medium-sized business build better teams. Dirk is an award-winning entrepreneur, international consultant, a trainer, and a former CEO of an $800 million a year sales organization. Dirk also is the founder and CEO of Maris Adventure Park, which is a, if you like off-roading guys, if you, if you like adventure, you want to go see a really cool place. It has a lot of great things, hiking, biking, uh, you know, off-road adventure, caving. Trust me, I've been there. Uh, they've got glamping sites. They've got cabins, all kinds of cool stuff. And you can take your business there and have a great time. So, uh, anyway, welcome to the show, Dirk. <clears throat> Thank you for coming on here. Yeah, John, I'm excited to be on, man, and uh, really, really looking forward to our conversation today. Good, me too. I think the listeners are excited, um, and we'll let you know what that is that we're going to be talking about here in a minute, listeners. First, uh, let's just kind of break off into uh, tell us tell us a little bit more that I didn't mention about about you, Dirk, like that maybe some of the listeners would be interested in knowing. I was actually born and raised in South Africa, and my my family is from there. I'm actually 14th generation South African, so nice. uh, I've got a long heritage in uh, South Africa. And uh, my family immigrated to the U.S. in 1996 and uh, kind of left everything behind to start a new life. And so I am a first generation immigrant and started working at 14. Haven't stopped yet, but uh, I sure am you know, thankful and excited for all the opportunities that, you know, America offers. Um, and I will debate anybody on this that I still think America is the greatest country in the world. I think there's phenomenal opportunities, probably now more than ever before to build businesses, to become wealthy, to become successful. So uh, I'm, I'm just blessed to to be here. Um, I've been married for uh, 13 years now. That's not right. Yeah. <laughs> I should know <Careful>. this. <laughs> Careful, yeah. <laughs> 15 years now. Okay, 15 years. We dated for five years before that, so we've been together for uh, for 20 years now. And I've got a 13-year-old son and a 9-year-old daughter. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I know them, and they are uh, – he has a fantastic family. Wonderful. Uh, always have a great time when I'm around them. So, um, so – let, let's get into business. So uh, tell us tell us about Birdflow. What, what, what's going on there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, the, the idea for Birdflow really started probably around like 2013, 2014. Um, you know, at, at that time, I started experiencing a lot more success in my life. Um, I'm, I'm kind of uh, from the time I was a kid, I was a dreamer. I wanted to be business owner i wanted to, to kind of be in the business world um and in my 20s I actually got into business at age uh 21. i worked somewhere in college and the and the business owner 
essentially came up to me one day and, and I worked there afternoons, evenings. Um, the next year I was a manager. The next year I was like the general manager of the, of the business. So at like at, at, at 20 years old, I was kind of GM of this, this little company. Yeah. And uh, the owner comes up to me one day and says, Hey, I, I want to sell the company. I want to sell it to you. I'll finance you hundred percent. You don't even have to pay a down payment. All you got to do is pay me one payment per year. It was a seasonal business, a ski and snowboard uh, business. And, um, so I jumped into business at a young age. Uh, I did that until I was about 27. That business ultimately failed, which was a disaster. Um, you know, and then the next like four or five, six years of my life, probably about five years, uh, were really, really tough. You know, trying to pay off a lot of debt. Uh, this is my shop also failed in 2008, right? So that's the, the kind of big real estate crash, uh, economic crash. So there's just a kind of a lot of years that I, I was struggling, working a lot, wasn't seeing my family a lot. So uh, started pulling out of that like 2012, 2013, because I started learning some new things that I'd never learned before. And, okay. you know, at this point, I'd, I'd been in business for over really 10 years, 10, 11 years um, from the time I was 21. And now I'm like 31, 32 years old, and I'm learning some new things that nobody had ever shared with me, nobody had ever told me about. And at that point, um, I started thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, man, how many other people are out there that don't have this knowledge, don't have this information? Yeah. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I, I get relocated to Houston, Texas to run a large real estate office. Then I get relocated to Columbia, Maryland. And so several more years moving forward, I've got incredible coaches, mentors, just high level people that are around me that are pouring into me, teaching me, mentoring me. Um, I'm kind of in a leadership grinder you know running these really large brokerages lots of pressure lots of performance expectations and mm. um so i i feel like i got um in about a five-year period i feel like i got about 25 years of business experience just like crammed in and um, it was really an, an amazing experience uh, but it did get to the point where you know i was kind of tired of the corporate thing my my love is small business i just absolutely love small businesses. I love entrepreneurship at the core of it. I love the startup story. I love the, you know, the, that that kind of big push to, to take a business from something that's working okay to something that's just changing life. So yeah. um, I resigned from my position and, and, and said, hey, I'll, what I want to do is everything that I've learned about business in these last, you know, six, seven years, I want to go out and start sharing with others. So that was kind of where Bergflow came from. And and we started uh, January of 2017. Nice, nice. So <clears throat> Bergflow, uh, what exactly, it's coaching, it's consulting. Tell us more about Bergflow. Like exactly what, what is it you guys are doing for, for these companies and businesses? <laughs> yeah, so the first thing is, the funny thing is, I think we're just now learning how to talk about what we do. Because I mean, for the longest time, we had this thing is like, Burflow is like Fight Club, we just don't talk about it. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, recently, we've, we've really started um, focusing on growth. I mean, like, that's, that's where you come into the picture to, to drive uh, growth for Burflow. And, um, you know, before that, we were really kind of spreading through word of mouth, we'd had some big contracts with some other organizations. Um, you know, so I'd say the, what we do is we're truly a guide, right? Like you, you kind of mentioned adventure. Uh, I'm, I'm a big adventurer and um, I love going on 
like serious adventure, like expedition type adventures where you really, to do it right, you're going to need a guide because it's going to be that intense. Like there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of gear involved. There's a lot of decisions involved. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. And in those kind of environments, you, you take a guide with you because the guide has kind of walked the path. The guide understands the journey you're on. The guide understands where you're going to break down. They can, they can, they understand what's ahead. They can help you make good decisions, but they can't do the work for you, right? The guide is there to guide you, to help you, to assist you. And, and really it's, it's, it's mentally, emotionally, um, you know, uh, strategically, tactically. I mean, like there's so many things that go into this and I would say that's what Bergflow is for service company owners. You know, we've, we've really kind of staked our, 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 you know, kind of place with service companies. And, you know, I, I love kind of, you know, and I don't know if this is like a politically correct term or not anymore. Like somebody challenged me on this not too long ago, but I don't know. I'll say it anyway, but like, I love like blue collar type businesses. Like I think yeah. that businesses that require manual labor, like I actually enjoy manual labor. I grew up farming and ranching um, to this day, you know, like, uh, I mean, I'm still out at the ranch and I'm, I'm, out there doing a lot of manual labor and stuff like that. I mean, I love working, you know, took down five trees in my yard this weekend. Right. So I love that kind of aspect of, Hey, you need people to do physical work to make things happen. And, and I, yeah. I'm just connected to that. So um, I, I love the, the, the aspect of how do you build great teams? How do you bring people together and go do something in a way maybe that others quite haven't done it yet or think differently about it or kind of create a, a, a you know, a great culture around it. So I think that's where uh, Berkeley really comes in is to work with service companies to say, Hey, we're going to help you grow and scale. And we're going to give you what you need when you need it so that you can really take this company to the next level. Nice. Yeah. And that was one of the, the great things that just coming even before I came on and to bird flow, uh, coming in and, and getting the opportunity to just go and participate, like talk to these business owners and uh, leaders in, in, in these companies, man. And they're like everyone I ran across are such awesome people and were like mm -hmm. all about their, their employees and all about building the company and doing these great things. And a lot of them really just, you know, everyone gets stuck. I get stuck in life. Mm -hmm. We all get stuck in life. And it sounds like you guys, kind of come along and, and can can really help continue to guide them through those type situations. So is bird flow, is it like, okay, we're just flying solo, like one-on-one -on -one coaching um, or, or you guys like focused on community. What, what are you guys trying to do there? Yeah. So I think, um, I think the one thing that we've, we've changed our model around is around more community. When in the past, uh, like I mentioned, we've done some really big contracts where, we did really, really heavy lifting in some big organizations that have gone on to do some amazing things. Um, and then we've, we've worked with a lot of uh, smaller companies, you know, kind of one to $10 million companies, uh, more just kind of one-on-one -on -one and um, support them on their journey. And, and really the big change that we've, we've gone through over the last year is switching to a community model where it's about bringing people together. So we still do one-on-one -on -one work, consulting and coaching, um, we do group coaching. And, and I think the, the way that we approach this is we, we look at a business as the team within the business. And so we, we, we typically um, 
want to work with a, the CEO one-on-one. -on -one. And then we work with the executive leadership team. And even if you're smaller, like, you know, your, your executive leadership team, like people think that, oh, you, you've got to be a $10 million company to have an executive leadership team. Like, Look, you, you need to start building an executive leadership team when you're $500,000 company. Yeah. You know, even with that person that they're not quite an executive yet, but you want to start treating them as if they were an executive. You want to start, you know, challenging them to take ownership and responsibility, to make decisions. So what we do is whether you're a smaller company, you know, all, all the way, like our, our smallest company right now is probably about 400,000, maybe around there. Our biggest company is over 50 million. So we've got obviously a wide range of people that we're, we're working with. But it doesn't matter if you're a really big company or a smaller company. It's like, look, we, we need to work with the CEO. We need to have the CEO like really understand, you know, the vision of it. Like, can they create a compelling vision? Can they, can they get people excited about this journey? Can they inspire their people? Can they hire the right people from the start? Can they structure the company correctly? Can they run the right economic model? Can they figure out how to put the growth accelerator down? But all of these things, as you grow, require more and more people to come into the picture. So we fully believe that we, we need to work with the CEO. And as soon as you start hiring these people, they're going to be your key hires. We want to work with those people as well. So one-on-one -on -one group work and then community, bringing people together. I mean, you've been on a couple of um, you know trips that we've put together at Maris Adventure where yeah. it's like we're, we're bringing CEOs together and we're hanging out we're camping together and we're going hiking and we're in jeeps and we're in caves and you know and it's just like in that environment there's such cool conversations that happen there's such a deep level of connection it's not nobody's worrying about looking businessy or you know trying to act overly professional it's just like people hanging out connecting with each other being authentic and experiencing world-class adventure and then like stretching their their mind stretching their thinking about what's possible so um, we love doing that, like the one-on-one, -on -one, the group work, and the, the, the adventure community stuff. Yeah, and actually being able to personally participate in a couple of those, you know, the, the, the really great thing is you touched on it, uh, is people can just kind of be themselves. And, and it was amazing to watch, like, even these guys, and you think, man, they're, you know, they've got it all together, and they're, you know, they're, they're business-minded and all these things, and, and, and they really kind of let themselves go they're having a good time, but light bulbs are also going off because mm -hmm. now everyone's just kind of, you know, it's that, you know, iron sharpens iron kind of concept with that thought yeah. around, look, man, we're, you know, we're doing life together here and mm -hmm. ideas start popping and it, it's just, and it's a ton of fun uh, sitting around a campfire or whatever it is we were doing, you know, throughout having great meals and uh, no community is, is awesome. And I think that's a, a great thing. And that's what I love about Berkeley and what you guys are doing yeah uh, so let's let's get into what so we're going to talk today specifically now that we kind of know uh what bird flow is and what you do and how how you kind of got things started and why you know I, I, there was a question that was brought up uh and this was a business owner that was asking this question because of a conversation with, but i thought it was a fascinating question so mm -hmm. let's talk about the difference between a CEO or an owner working on their business as opposed to working in your business. Okay. So this could be, and this could be anybody right at any level, but first, what does it mean exactly to work in your business as a business owner or CEO? 
Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I think, you know, the one thing too that we have to kind of draw the distinction on is, you know, what does it mean to be a CEO or an owner, right? Um, okay. Ultimately, you know, if you're an owner of a company, the, the ownership part, your goal is for that to be able to stand alone. Okay, if you if you truly have a business and you're the owner of the business, then that business should be able to function completely without your involvement. That's how you know you're an owner. Okay, so a lot of people uh, say that they're owners. Um, okay, I was going to grab a, a whiteboard and kind of draw something out, but I got some stuff on the whiteboard that I can't really draw out. But um, if you think if you think about the cash flow quadrant. Okay, so if you think about Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, like just imagine there's a there's kind of this plus sign up here, um, or maybe if, if you post this video, John, you can just have somebody kind of put the cash flow quadrant over this this section, right? So um, what you have is you've got the E quadrant, which is like employee, and then you drop down and you got the S quadrant, which is self-employed, and then you kind of go over to the the right hand of the quadrant, and you got the B quadrant, that's business owner, and then you drop down and you got the I quadrant, investor. So most people that own businesses don't really own businesses. What they own is a job that they've created for themselves. They're self-employed. Mm. And the thing about it is you can have a business that's a $2 million a year business and you're still self-employed. And, and the, the way you, you know is can this business function without my involvement? So let's just say you're the business owner and um, you know, you're kidnapped or something like that, and you're taken off for ransom on an island somewhere. Nobody knows where you are, and you're held there for six months or a year. If that situation was true, and then you're released and you come back, would your business still be there? Would it still function? Would the people that were there, would they be able to run that business, continue to grow that business, continue to be profitable, continue to get everything done that needs to get done, continue to make decisions without you being there. If the answer is yes, then you own a business. If the answer is no, then you own a job, then you're self-employed. And working in your business is being self-employed. Like that's kind of like you are in there, you're doing the groundwork, you are the technician, you're answering the phones, you're solving all the problems, you're having to make all the decisions. When you work on your business, now you're kind of starting to think, okay, more like a CEO and also maybe more like an owner where now you're setting some time aside where you're not actually doing anything that's relevant to the day-to-day -day being in your business. What you're doing is you're stepping back. You're kind of pushing your business over here. So think about your business is now separate from you. You're kind of stepping yeah. back and now you're kind of working on it. Okay, so you can see things more clearly. You can you can look at where the business is going. You can say, hey, what decisions do I need to make right now? What actions do I need to take right now to get the business to where it needs to be without my involvement right now in the business? And unfortunately, most people don't actually get the time or not get the time. They don't make the time to work on their business. So a lot of people say, okay, well, how many how many hours a week do I should I work on my business? And kind of our rule is we call it the, the two by two, okay? Which means twice a week for two hours each, you're working on your business. And that's something that, look, even if you're really busy, you can carve out, get up early, early one morning a week and do that. You can get up early on a Saturday morning and do that. And 
work on your business for two hours. And by the time that your family's kind of getting up and around, like you're hanging out with them, you can do it late night, whatever the case may be. Right. So there shouldn't be yeah. any excuse for somebody to not be able to break away two hours a week for, for twice a week for two hours a week to work on their business and start looking at where are we, what's working, what's not working. What do we need to keep doing that we're doing? Right. What do we need to change about what we're doing? And then what we, do we need to stop doing about what we're doing right now? Okay. I like that two by two. Uh, that's very interesting. <clears throat> so working on your business, what I'm hearing you say, working on your business is you're taking that step back and really taking a look at how it's structured, who's in the right places, if they're in the right places, who, are, you know, how can I help them along further along? Maybe um, uh, where do I need to bring in more equipment? Uh, how can I get, uh, how can I learn more about what I'm doing to better the company? Things like that. Is that, is that essentially what you're talking about? Like you're not, you're not out there. You're not talking about the end is I got to go out here and actually do the books and do payroll and, I got to freaking go wash a window or power wash something because my guy didn't show up for work or that. Is that kind yeah, of, that's, ex that's exactly right. If you're doing any kind of task that's related to like the business running, you're working in the business. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you work on the business, by the way, when you work on the business, here's one of the rules is that you should not have to be talking to anybody typically. Mm -hmm. Okay. You shouldn't have to be answering an email, answering a phone, solving a problem for somebody right now. Like that's all working in the in the business. Like when you work on your business, you should actually shut down any kind of, of interruption. And, you know, one of the best things that uh, that I learned how to do quite a few years ago now, and, and you could be, a, you know, you're, you're a testament to this is that, you know, my phone, even though I've got some like notifications on here and stuff like that, my phone does ne like never interrupts me. Right. My phone is not allowed, like none of my apps or anything like that is allowed to ding or beep or anything or vibrate or anything like that. Nice. My phone doesn't make noise. It does not interrupt me. Right? Even if it's in my pocket. I look at my phone when I choose to look at my phone. Because if you allow something to ding at you and beep at you and interrupt you every five seconds, like you're never going to get anything done. You're not going to be able to formulate thought to solve more pro complex problems because you're just running around with like your hair on fire and you can't get anything done. And then you wonder at the end of the week or end of the month, like, oh, my gosh, like I've worked so hard. I'm exhausted, but like nothing has moved forward. We haven't solved any problems. We haven't taken any big steps forward. And it's because you're constantly running around with your hair on fire trying to solve every little problem. And your phone and everybody else is interrupting you through email, through text, through calls, through everything else. Right. And. The thing about it is if sometimes it's hard to for people to understand that that is even possible. Yeah. Right. It's hard. And, and look, I, I used to be um, a real estate agent. OK, so I ran an auction business. So uh, I, I, I was a real estate agent. Um, we, we used to auction off real estate. I got into traditional sales. I built a team, all this kind of stuff. There are very few businesses that are as intrusive as real estate. Because real estate is it's high dollar stuff. It's big transactions. It's super emotional. So when people want to talk or they're you got a buyer that's freaking out about something, you got a seller that's freaking out about something like they want to talk to you like right now. 
<laughs> and so yeah. typically like I have been in that world where like you just like you are a slave to your phone and like as soon as it dings you have to go to his beck and call and you got to answer and you got to go do something and and I remember one one day you know this is probably like 2012 or so um and it was it was around like my my son's birthday and I'm hanging out with him and I, I built him this little playhouse where we're hanging out in there and my phone goes off. And like, as soon as my phone goes off and I see who it is, it's this client that was just causing me hell. <laughs> and my stomach, just like my heart just like sunk into my stomach. And I was just like that feeling of like, oh man, I am trapped by this thing that I've created, you know? And yeah. I mean, today it's, it's like, you know, sometimes, I mean, I could, I could go a week without checking my phone and like, nothing's going to break in my world. You know, it's not that it's going to fall apart. Like, I mean, one thing that we really try to practice on our team is when somebody goes on vacation, just let them go on vacation. Don't bother them. You know, unless something is like an emergency, don't bother them. Right. I mean, when, when I take a trip with my family now, it's like, I don't want you guys calling me. I don't want to now. If you call me and say like, Hey, like, how's your vacation going? Like you having fun today? Like, I'd love that <laughs> phone call, but like, I don't want a phone call about something going wrong or something you know, like solve it. You know, you guys <laughs> sure. are, you guys have the authority and the, the, the know-how and, and everything that you need to to make decisions to solve problems, right? But I think like that's the that's the kind of mindset that sometimes when you're so trapped in that moment where everything's just bombarding you all the time, you can't think straight, you can't see straight. And it's like, um, you know, we kind of use this analogy of like you're you're in the forest. And like think about this when you're like think about like if 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 you've ever been in a forest and you're kind of walking through the trees, what do you see? Trees. You see trees, right? All the trees are the problems, right? The business is the forest. So when you're working on your business, it's kind of like you're rising up out of the forest. And now from like a 30 or 50,000 foot view, you can look down and you can see the forest. And you're like, oh, okay. Now I can see what's going on. But like, if you don't ever do that and you're down in the weeds and down like in the thick brush all the time, all you're seeing is trees and brush and rocks and stuff like that. And it's just like you're getting banged up and, you're just going home tired every day and the next morning you walk right back into that forest and you just can't see the path forward right so yeah. i think it's really important for people to to be able to step back look at the the business and say let's make some good decisions for where we are and where we're going yeah that's that's great advice and and you know in today in in today's technological world you know we're all just you're right we're we're such slaves to the phones and uh to everything that's going on you know i mean there's distractions that I don't even think about sometimes because this is kind of a, you know, this dynamic's a little bit newer for me in this world. I'm sitting here talking to you and we're on a podcast and I see a, a I'm seeing this email come up about, you know, something in business and, and, and it's, it's very distracting and that's difficult to, especially for those of us that maybe we're not used to that. Like some of these newer business owners, or even if they've been edited while, uh, you know, you think about this like growth machine or they're really trying to grow their business and they're wanting, so they're jumping. And that was one of the conversations I had every little thing they're just grabbing onto, which is fine. It's understandable, mm -hmm. but this concept you're talking about, it's just a specific amount of time, two hours, two times a week where you yep. lock all that away. So maybe even like set your phone in the living room and go on the back patio or, anything like that where you can literally get away and tell people I am not to be disturbed. That's right. Yeah. You know, if you don't make regular time for that, um, you know, you're, you're kind of like a, like a captain that's sailing a, a ship through rough seas and 
you just have no way of navigating. You don't know where you're going. And what you may be doing is just steering your ship right back into the storm or right into another storm. And then it just feels stormy all the time, right? It feels unsettled. You don't have time freedom. You're looking at your bank account. There's not much money there. You don't have great people around you. And, you know, that's where business becomes hard. I mean, that's where business can really become a curse instead of a blessing. Um, when you're in that place where you're just constantly fighting and you just don't you feel like you're taking like two steps forward and like three steps back, right? Where it's just hard. So if you want to start moving forward, one is you you have to learn how to navigate. You have to learn how to how to see things from a different angle. You got to learn how to make decisions differently because you're exactly right. I mean, most people that especially when they start off as a technician, you're you're going in and you're you're kind of learning business from a technician standpoint. You're you're learning to do what technicians typically do. And a lot of technicians pride themselves on the tools that they have and the techniques that they use and and how good they are at doing something, right? Um, it's kind of like when, you know, we, we, we've gone to uh, the huge, con or not the huge convention, the um, uh, IWCA convention a couple of times, right? And mm -hmm. they have like the window cleaning competition. Like it's it's super cool to watch, right? But yeah. there's, there's business owners that go there and like their number one thing is like they just want to like win that competition. They want to like show how good they are in their skill. And it's like, the thing is, you could be the world's best and fastest window washer and you still don't have time with your family. Like you, you're not going on vacations. You don't have money to invest. You're not building wealth. And, and you know, I see this with with so many different things like, um, you know, until last year, I sold a company that that worked kind of exclusively with uh, home inspectors mm -hmm. and. In that business, like can't tell you how many home inspectors like pride themselves on being like the best home inspector out there, and they're technically the most sound, and they know the most most about construction. And you know what? They have no time freedom. Yeah, they didn't spend time with their kids. Their kids are adults now. They don't want to even spend time with them because they were never around. Right? They their health has gone down, but it's just like they're hell bent on being the best technician. Right? So sometimes you just have to kind of step back and say like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, what what am I actually building? What 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 am I spending my time doing? And I think that's something in Workflow that we do really well is like bring that perspective to people to understand, look, if you actually want to do something significant in business, like it's there, like that opportunity is there. It's a big opportunity. And as I mentioned before, I think that opportunity is greater today than ever before. And we're seeing it. I mean, like we literally took a company over the last 14 months from 13 million to $50 million dollars. Well, I mean, like in what world does that actually happen? Like when has that happened before in history? You know, it's and this is not a tech company. This is a service company. So, you know, we and we regularly see companies that go from two million to four million to five million to eight million to 10 plus million. Right. So the, the opportunities are there if you're willing to think differently, if you're willing to show up differently, if you want to make different things a priority than you did before. And when that happens, then your business changes. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of business owners, uh, you know, smaller companies, medium companies, <clears throat> and I get in a lot of conversations and it's uh, sometimes they're like, you know, and it may be a company, it's 200,000, 250, 300,000. And they've been there. Maybe they are sitting there for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And it's not like they're not making a living and it's fine, but these guys are like, look, man, like, uh, I, I, what are you, what are you guys going to do? And what is bird flow going to do for me that, uh, I, I can't already, I haven't already figured out. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. There's companies out there that are like, 
million, they're making millions, man. Like, I, I, I mean, I, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. But this is kind of one of those things too. work that, that may be part of that difference is working on because people get so focused and a lot of people don't know the difference, like between working on your business and working in your business because they're stuck in it and they're, they're sucking the mud, you know, and there's so much involved and they're wearing so many hats and doing so many different things that they can't have that time. They probably don't even realize that they don't have that time or they're not taking that time uh, to, to really do that. So why is well, this think so here's, important? Here's how, yeah. The, the thing that I'm like, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, it's like, it's like the guy that's out there and he's working like hell to build a boat out of concrete. But he's like absolutely sure that concrete is the way to build this boat, right? He's just, he just knows it. Hmm. And the, the boat just, no matter how well he tries to build this boat, it's just not working. But he's not willing to look at any other kind of material and say like, hey, maybe I need to step back. And instead of trying to build this thing with concrete, I need to look at building it with wood or fiberglass or like metal or whatever else, right? Um. And I think the, the challenge is that uh, there's always ego involved. Yeah. Because people, we, look, as, as humans, we just tend to think that we're going to figure it out. Like, and I think mm. like that's that, that kind of that hope and that's the, uh, you know, the part that we're like eternally optimistic about stuff. Like, like this year is going to be the year. Okay. Well, here's, here's a hint. Here's how you know. All you do is you look back five years. That's all you got to do. If you want to know, and if you want to be honest with yourself and look at, are you on a path of upward trajectory? All you have to do is pause, look back five years and say, where was I five years ago? Where was my business five years ago? And where am I today? Because that's going to set the, the tone for your trajectory. doesn't mean it can't change or can't be, start going much better. But if, if look, if you've been flat in the last year, and I mean, there are companies that come to bird flow, a lot of companies actually that are even two, three, four million dollar companies. And they're like, you know, when we start asking the questions, okay, like, hey, what, what was your revenue last year? Uh, it's like 2.8. All right, well, what, what was it the year before? Like, oh, like 2.7. What was it the year before? Like uh, 2.9. What about the year before? Uh, like 2.5. You know, look, if that's going to be in your trajectory, like you are not just flat, you're actually going backwards. Yeah. Because one thing that people don't understand is that you can't compare yourself to your own numbers. You have to compare yourself to what's happening in, to the marketplace and to your industry. And some of these industries are growing by 15, 20, 30% year over year. And if, so if your company is growing at 10% year over year, like the marketplace is actually leaving you in the dust. Like the marketplace is actually outgrowing your company. So you could feel good to say, hey, we're up 10% year over year, but the market's up 30% year over year, which means that the market has actually eclipsed you by 20%. You've lost market share in the last year. And these are the kind of things that as a technician, you just don't think about. This is where you're going to put your CEO head on and say like, okay, I need to understand what's actually happening here with my market, with my business, with what's going on. And I think that's what we got. One of the big things that we're doing workflow is we, we make those conversations part of like your weekly dialogue. Like mm -hmm. that's what you start talking about. You start talking about business. You start talking about teams. You start talking about leadership development. You're talking about structure and economics and capitalization and mergers and acquisitions. And I mean, like you're just having a different <coughs> conversation in workflow that you're having in the rest of the industry. Well, so you guys are more or less this. 
you guys are basically kind of forcing these owners and these CEOs uh, that that really essentially are working in their business. You guys are forcing them to actually be the owners and step back and take a look. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're forcing them, right? Because I mean, like the first thing that we do ask people is like we we do ask people about like their future plans. And I mean, look, if you've got uh, like a if you got a million dollar company, and you're like, hey, I want to be at like one point five million in, in five years. I'm like you don't need to work with us. Like you, you'll, you're going to figure that out just fine on your own. Now, if you got a million company dollar company, you want to be at 5 million, you know, in three or four years, then I'm like, okay, now you're, you're in the right zone where we can help yeah. you do that. So sure. it is based on people wanting to grow aggressively, but then they need to understand that them growing aggressively, their company growing aggressively depends on them as a human being and as a leader growing aggressively as a business person growing aggressively. And that's where we're going to set the tone for one. You've got to carve out the time, right? It's pointless to be, uh, you know, a, a member in Bergflow if you can't come to the calls, if you're not participating, if you're not having time to work on your business, then it's, it's pointless. You're wasting your time. So um, kind of making time to step away from, from business and be in these calls and, and, and be going through coaching and training and, you know, taking two days away, like one thing that we don't do in Berkflow is we don't do trading on the weekends. You know, there's a lot of times where like trade shows or different trainings. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, it's going to be like a, a Saturday, Sunday training so that, that you can be back in, 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 in the field on Monday or what. Like, no. Weekends, you need to start hanging out with your family. You need to respect your yeah. weekends. Like you need to come on like a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And somebody's like, well, I can't get away from work. And you're like, that's exactly why you need to be there. That's exactly <laughs> why you need to be there. Yeah. Is because... When you say like, I cannot get away from work, then you are trapped by your business as a technician. And that's exactly why you need to break away. And, and here's the other thing. Look, look, your business isn't going to fall apart because you take a few days off to go focus on a high level training. It's not going to fall apart. I promise you that. Right. Right. If you need to cancel a job or two, like that's okay. The world's not going to fall apart because here's the thing. Sometimes people are so scared to let go of like one or two or three, four, five jobs that they never do the actions that's going to get them another 500 jobs. Yeah. Okay. So what you got to do is you got to think exponentially about the bigger things and then just take a step back and just realize like, look, it's doable. Right. I mean, we see examples of billion dollar companies in most of these industries, not all of them, but most of these industries at least have hundred million dollar companies. Just about any industry out there today has a 30, 40, $50 million company. Right. So if others can do it, why not you? Yeah. Okay. Are they that much smarter than you? Are they that much gifted, more gifted than you or have more opportunities or whatever the case is? Probably not. They're probably just thinking differently and they're approaching things differently. But here's the thing. You got to let your ego go. Yeah. yeah. So you just got, you just got interrupted by your, your watch. Beeping. I did. I did. Yep. It, it beeped. <laughs> and I, it's it's such a uh, I even forget that I get notifications on this, but it's very. Dude, you should turn it off. You know, okay, I got to tell you a story. <laughs> my, my, it's it's funny because he's actually in town. He's in Dallas this weekend. He's hosting a conference. But I got a friend named Maddie McLean, and uh, I had a I had a smartwatch. This was quite a few years ago when smartwatches were new. And so I'm wearing the smartwatch, feeling pretty cool about it. And we sit down and we're we're uh, having a cocktail together. And while I'm talking to him, I'm kind of like. My watch goes off. I'm kind of looking at my watch and we're, we're chatting and, you know, I'm looking at my watch and, and he just like stops and he's like, dude, you're such a hole. 
<laughs> and I'm like, whoa, bro, what's up, man? Like that was, and he goes, you are telling me right now that your watch and that is more important than you and I spending time together. And it was such an impactful moment for me. I took that watch off and I've never worn a smartwatch again. I refuse to wear a smartwatch because of that. And, yeah. and I, and I do believe this man, like, and, and here's, here's the other thing, right? And I'll challenge you on this. <coughs> People that are distracted by technology are not a good fit for me to be in business with. Right. Because what, what they're constantly going to be telling everybody that they're spending time with is that there's something more important than you right now. Right. And, 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 and it's one of the things, cause here's the thing that people don't realize. I spend time with people that like their phone is beeping and they don't even look at their phone or do anything, but it just beeps beep. And I notice it cause I don't allow my phone to interrupt me, but they don't even notice it. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's something like you, you become immune, you become numb to the things that are already, you know, uh, distracting you. And, and I think like, that's one of the things that you have to be able to hone time for thinking, you know, like there's, there's so much good that comes from sitting down and thinking. And yet today it's one of the hardest things for people to do. Right. Cause I mean, what, like what, and I'm guilty of this. Like when, when I sit down and I've just got a, a few minutes, what do I do? What do we do? Scroll. We grab our phone, we open an app and start scrolling. That's what everybody yeah. does, right? Yeah. You rarely see people in a public setting just sitting there. And like, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I'll show you this, you know. So for me, I'm like a, a junkie when it comes to, you know, journals, right? So uh, this is this is my bird flow specific journal. Okay. This is my Maris specific journal. Then... This is kind of my personal, like most important stuff journal. And then this is my everyday, like everything kind of goes in here page by page, like everything that happens journal. And then I just actually, this is a journal that's just about full, right? So, and I mean, these travel with me, I have them all the time. And I mean, like one of the most impactful things is that, you know, instead of putting stuff in my phone or on my computer or whatever the case may be, is like, just sit down and write stuff out. Like take your phone, put it away, get a pen out, grab a journal and just start like jotting down your thoughts. Like for me, it's one of the most impactful things to help me think through where I am right now, where I'm going, what's important. And one thing that I do regularly now too, besides, you know, uh, tools that I have, like my one sheet that, that carry all of my goals is that I, I regularly sit down and like vividly write out what I want to see happen in my life in the next 90 days, vividly write out what I want to see happen in my life in the next six months. Right. So and sometimes it's it's kind of like think like John think about this like sometimes we think like there's this thing we want to do but we we kind of think about it but we never talk about it we never write it down. Yeah. So for me it's like when I start writing it down and I'm looking at it and I'm talking about it then it's going to to be on track to happen. But the yeah. thing about it is if if we don't do that and we just keep everything flying around in our heads and we're con continually distracted by technology what happens is you actually lose the ability to critically think through things. And then everything seems hard after that, right? Because we've lost the ability to think. So, you know, if you look at the greats, like there's um, there's a documentary on History Channel called uh, The Men Who Built America. Have you ever seen that? I haven't seen it. It is awesome. So yeah. it's Carnegie and it's Rockefeller and it, it, it's Ford and uh, it's Edison. And it's like all of these guys, right? So a lot of times these guys, they would lock themselves in a room and they would sit there for four or five or six hours and they would just think. And then they would make decisions and they, were, they would have people carry out their decisions, right? And I mean, these, these yeah. were people, like these were all people um, 
for the most part, that started off with like almost nothing. But they, they understood at a foundational level that thinking is one of the most powerful things that you can ever do as a human, right? And, you know, same kind of thing. It's like um, I just went through Think and Grow Rich for the eighth time, right? I, I, I didn't uh, read it this time. I, I did it on audiobook. But 2013 was the first time I ever read this book. And I buy these by bulk and I hand them out to people because I think it's such a such an impactful thing. But I think people have to spend, business owners have to spend time to think and cut out distraction. And that's why I love Maris, right? Because, I mean, you go down there, you get into the canyon, there's no cell reception. So it's pointless to even take your phone unless you're taking pictures. Yeah. But it gives you time to just kind of unplug and think. And I think like that's one thing that, that business owners really need to consider. That's great advice. Uh, and I can tell you like the journaling thing. So I'm new to that and I'm still terrible at it. But I, I do, I, you know, and, and th- I used to do it when I was young and, and it, it wasn't like the, you know, I know somebody, I think Wesley gave the example one time. It wasn't like the, uh, you know, my girlfriend kissed me kind of journal, but it really was just like these thoughts. And like, mm-hmm. so I've found even now that you're saying that, like I used to be much more actionable back then when I would do those things. Cause I could also take a look and reflect on what I wrote down and like, it might even help me to realize these things. So that's, that's a great tool. That's a great suggestion. And I know like earlier I said, you're, you guys are like forcing people to really do that. I guess really the right word is facilitating, facilitating that time and those ideas to, to, to come forth and, and to really, it's not forcing it's a, it's that facilitation of it. Yeah. I think uh, it's, it's just like this, right? It's that you want to create the environment that allows action and purpose to take place. Right. So, you know, if we, if we kind of create like through a training or through a call or something like that, if we, if we create the space and we facilitate like by what we're talking about and what we're asking people to think about and talk about and share and write down or whatever the case may be, it's, it's creating an environment because the thing is we can't force anybody to do anything, right? Just like I can't force anybody on my team to do anything. Like I, all I can do is create a, a, an environment that allows people to be self-motivated and take action and take decisions and, and take full responsibility and move things forward, right? So I think it's, it's the same kind of logic that if we create the right kind of environments for our clients, then it's going to help them really to move things forward. And I think one of the big things too, is that a lot of people think that, um, well, it, it, like if I've never worked with a business coach or something like that, it's going to be like some like super formal thing. And I got to have all my ducks in a row and like all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's just like, I have never seen, we've never worked with a company ever that had it all together. Yeah. Like I think like innately, like that's why people want to work with somebody like a coach or a consultant or a trainer, or whatever the kind of case is, because you don't have things together. And Sometimes like companies, I know that they think this too. They're like, hey, I need to have stuff together to a certain level before I can even work with a coach. Because if they start looking at what I'm doing, like there's so much messiness here, I'm going to be embarrassed. And I'm like, just jump in. It's going to be messy. Like I've seen people that haven't paid their taxes in like seven years. Like they haven't done, you know, it's just like messy to where it's like, dude, like you could go to jail for this kind of messy, right? But it's just like, you can fix all that kind of stuff. Like there's, there's very little that you can't fix, but you've got to be willing to jump in. And, and again, just like, it's messy. You don't, you don't have to have it all together. Right. So um, I think like, that's one thing that, that people need to realize. And, and the other thing too, is that it's never going to be not messy. 
as long as you're growing, because people think this all the time, right? If you if you're listening right now and you've got like a hundred thousand dollar company or two hundred thousand dollar company or five hundred thousand dollar year company, you're probably thinking like, man, if I could just get to a million dollars a year, life is going to be good. Until you get to a million dollars a year and you realize like, man, there's no money in my bank account. I've got more people that I'm responsible for. I've got ten times the headaches I had when I was a two hundred thousand dollar company. Uh, I'm not sleeping. I'm stressed out. And then you're thinking, oh, like if I could just get to like a $4 million company or $5 million company, like that is going to be like earth shattering. And then, I mean, we meet people that have $8 million companies, $10 million companies, and they're like, I can't pay my bills right now, right? The faster that you can start running on the right structure, the right economic model, and with the right team, the easier your your ride is going to be. You're going to smooth out a lot of bumps. Because you can have a million dollar, you know, you can have a six or seven hundred thousand dollar year business that pays you three, four hundred thousand dollars a year without you having to work too much in it. Like that's possible. You can have a, a three million dollar business that you know pays you eight, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, and you're laying on a beach in the Bahamas, right? Like those things exist if you build them right. And I think like that's the thing is like some people are like, well, I'll figure it out at some point. And it's just like, will you? Again, look five years back. Have you figured it out in the last five years? Because it should, like, one thing, in a five-year period, you should be able to build just about anything that you want to in business. Okay? It doesn't take 20 years to build a great company anymore. Like, we are seeing people that go from startup to, like, $5 million a year businesses in, like, three, four years now. Yeah. It doesn't have to take a long time anymore. We're, like, we live in a day and age where, like, really, really fast growth is possible. But if you don't have the right structure, the right economic model, the right people, it won't happen. So I think there are some crucial things you got to focus on. Nice. Dirk, uh, this is how I kind of wrap up the show. And you've given us, and you've really dropped a lot of knowledge bombs on everybody. So I know they're really going to dig into the show. Uh, If you had to give like either kind of a younger business owner, someone just kind of starting out, or maybe they've just been stuck for a while, uh, but just that should do as early as possible in their company to be successful as early as possible. What is that should do? What do you think? Yeah. So, um, so one thing that, that I think people must do number one is get somebody else to do your books, no matter how small you are. Like, I don't care if you're a hundred thousand dollar company, hire a third party bookkeeping service to do your books. And, And I mean, I have, you know, I've, I've kind of been in debates with people that run booking services and like, you know, like get your books off of it. And here's the reason why is because most of the time you're not going to do what you need to do to get clean financials to make good decisions. That's why you do it. It's not because you, you shouldn't learn about it. You should learn as much as you can about it. But you probably have better things to do than like sitting late night trying to figure out payroll and stuff like that. Like give it to a third party. Let them do it. Like most third parties can do it for 250, 3, 350 whatever a month like it's not a lot of money when you think about all the hours you're going to save and then you got clean books ready to go okay so that's that's one of the first things you must do number two is like find a great operator find somebody that's going to back you in operations find somebody and i'm, I'm not talking about like a like an administrator that's just answering phones like go find yeah. somebody that is going to learn how to run the day-to-day of your business that understands systems and processes that can help you really take things to the next level. The faster that you do that. And I would, I would say like, don't pay yourself more, whatever you need to do, like drive an older car, whatever you need to do to make enough money to pay that person to go pay that person 40, 50, 60, $70,000 a year, go do that. 
that's going to get you faster forward than you can imagine. Okay. So those are the first two things that I think every business owner must do. The other thing that, and, and this is going to be like super cliche, but like go hire a coach, join a program. Don't care if it's workflow or something else, like get around people that are growth minded, that are doing something that are excited about moving their lives forward. Because here's the other thing. Most of the times, and I've been around enough of these groups now that, that I've kind of seen a lot of similarities in different industries. Right? You go to a lot of these Facebook groups that are like um, a bunch of technicians that are trying to solve problems. And 95% of what you get are people just griping about stuff, complaining. Mm. You know, there's no good answers. People berating each other. It's like get away from that as fast as you can and go join the other 5% of people that are actually like, hey, I'm here to build a business and I'm going to learn what to do. Like, you know, um, get away from that as fast as you can and get around people that are business minded and want to learn how to build businesses. Like the, the people that you hang around with, the people that you spend time with matter massively. So you got to get around the right people. Nice. Nice. Great advice. What about don't do's like prevention? prevent disaster <laughs> um don't don't skip out on your health oh yeah i see a lot you know and i know that you know for you and amy you guys are such great uh ambassadors of this in in the workflow world and you know for people that we're around but i mean how many technicians do you see that are just like overweight they don't work out they've just aged fast you know because it's yeah. like they're 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 in the truck, they're grabbing McDonald's or Wendy's every day between jobs. You know, they're out there doing their thing. But listen, being out there doing your thing day in and day out and actually getting some good workout in is, is a little bit different, right? Because workout time too, and I know that you appreciate this, workout time is, hey, I'm, I'm kind of unplugging. It's my time to think. It's my time to kind of relieve stress, like all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, don't let your, don't, don't think that you'll get to a place one day where, where then you'll work on your health, like work on your health today, like make it, make it just a one decision better about what you're going to drink today, what you're going to eat today, you know, working out, managing, getting sleep, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I could, you know, you and I could probably have a five hour discussion on here about health, but like, um, th that's one of the things that dude, when you're, when your body goes and your mind goes, like you have nothing else, you're done. So take care of your body, take care of your mind, your emotions, your spirit. It's great advice too. You know, I'm a big proponent of it. And uh, that was one of the things that, that we discussed in the, the morning routines that in the community that we talked about was, was part of it was exercise, getting that routine to take care of yourself, drink water and, and, and do good things for your body and your mind. So uh, absolutely. Dirk, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I would say this, like take time to enjoy the journey. You know, I've been very guilty of, of being so gung-ho and just reaching the next level and doing the next thing and accomplishing things that, um, and, and I'm still at that place. Like, I don't feel like I can slow down, but more and more by spending time with like really great people, I'm reminded of like, just learn how to be more present with the people that you're in, right? With, yeah. with the people that you're around, with your team, with your family, spend time with yourself. Tomorrow will be another day to go build. Like you don't have to feel like you need to just go conquer every single day. And I'm and like when I say that, like I'm talking to myself, right? Because I think that right. sometimes 
sometimes we're so focused on getting to that point, getting to that thing, having that thing happen. And we're just like, man, when that happens, then life can be good. And I can tell you from personal experience, man, like I've, I've had some huge successes in the last like three, four years. And I don't know that I'm any happier today than I was like three years ago or five years ago. Right. You know, even though my net worth is way up, I've got a completely different lifestyle today. Like, I don't know that I'm any happier. So it's one of these things that you got to learn how to enjoy the journey, enjoy the people that you're around, celebrate them, like celebrate, man. That's something that you got to learn how to do. Like, you know, like, I'm not real good about that. It's like, oh, we did this thing. Cool. Now let's go crush it again tomorrow. <laughs> oh, we did that thing. Okay, cool. You know, it's like, slow down and celebrate, man. Enjoy the journey. That's good. Those are good final thoughts. And I, I agree with that too. It, and it's difficult. It's this choice that we have to make every day. Enjoy the journey, be happy, make that decision and uh, go work on your business, do some stuff. But guys know the difference between working on your business or working in your business. Hey, go check out Bergflow at www.bergflow.com. Just take a look, man. You, you go and you can sneak in the back door and just Take a look at the, the website and, and see what they're about and see what they're going to offer you. Um, we won't even know you're there. You can you can jump in and jump right out like no big deal. So just go check it out and and don't on the on this uh, under pressure podcast. Don't forget hit like, subscribe, share. Uh, we're on a lot of different areas. YouTube. Um, uh, you can check us out at Bergflow on the Facebook page. They'll be posted there. So make sure you're doing that. Leave some comments. Tell us what you think. Uh, you know, even if it's good or bad, I don't care. I want to hear about it. So let us know. Dirt, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show, spending time with us, uh, taking time away from uh, what you had going on today to join us. Yeah, John, one, one more thing, man. I just wanted to tell you that, uh, dude, great job on, you know, what you've been doing in, in our world too, like taking on this podcast, like taking ownership of the growth role of the company, moving things forward. It's been a pleasure to, you know, be in business with you for the last five months. And I know you've had a huge career change. Like, I mean, your, your world's a lot different now than, than it was. And, um, you know, just really proud of you of how you've stepped up and, and moved things forward. So, uh, and I want to tell everybody that's still, still watching at this point, if you're still watching right now, you're awesome, by the way. Um, you know, Dude, come hang out with John and I. Like, let's go. Let's go on an epic uh, trip together. Let's go. Let's go have some fun. Let's talk about building big businesses, building big lives. And I mean, like, that's the kind of stuff we're doing. Workflow. So, if you're interested in that, uh, please reach out to John. Talk to John, and uh, he'll he'll kind of take you through what it looks like to become part of the workflow world. Absolutely, I'd love to do it. So, reach out to us. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Dirk. Uh, come back and watch another episode of Under Pressure Podcast where we talk about all things business under pressure. Have a great day. <laughs>